open to the gospel and we must still reach them. Because if you read the Revelation chapter 7 verse number 9, it says that the throne, there will be people from all nations, all tribes, all languages, all cultures. Now all of us who love God must go and find those people. But anyway, I was just saying, this is what we should do as we reach out to the lost. Uh, just make sure we don't leave the people in your house lost. Also. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 31 says, Whatever you do, whether you eat or you drink, do all to the glory of God. So, in parenting, we should raise our children for the glory of God. Amen. Not for, our, for themselves, not for us, but for God. So, it is important for us to create adequate awareness in our children one, that they are made in God's image. True, that they would never understand themselves. Their true identity is tied to knowing God. When they know God, they are maker. They will come to understand who they are and why they're here. And it's important that we help our children to understand that. And that, in the end, real living is based on them depending on God. These are just basic things we must keep repeating to our children that they, they know them. Psalm 73 verse 25 says, Who do I have in this world but you? And the children must know. When all is lost, Remain hanging on to God. That's all you will have. So, it is important that we try and help our children to know all what they have in the end is God. They should worship Him. Help them to that effect. And therefore, why are we raising children? Is it for God? Is it for ourselves? That we can feel proud and feel good about ourselves. Is it for that child? And I want to argue it's for the maker. Nobody would make a car or a cell phone for itself. You're making it for you. You determine the purpose. So God determines the purpose for whatever creation he has, um, he has made. Secondly, the environment in which your child is raised is very important. Um, Ted Trips has written a book, Shepherding a Child's Heart. He actually calls that the shaping influences, but that's the growth environment. That the environment in which your child grows is more important, it's more influential, it's more appealing than even the teachings you will give. So you could actually do half or more, half, more than half the work by just creating the right environment. And that environment includes a number of things. It's a family wherein there's love, people talk about God, people model God, everything is about God. Even before the teaching, already it influences the thinking and the attitude of the child. 
Of course, the, the school environment also plays an important role for God or against God. And that's why it's important when you guys choose schools for your children. Make that a consideration. Do you want to leave your child for eight hours in the hands of this kind of people? Of course, if you can't change that situation, then you're going to have to put in some measures that when your child comes back, you will be able to counter the effects of all the toxic situation he has been exposed to at school. And we must be bold, we must be deliberate about that. One year we had uh, one of the children uh, that I lived with, of my younger brother, he was a boy, and at school at that stage they wanted him to participate in the, uh, I don't know what you call it, the beauty contest for the males, what do you call it, <laughs> whatever. And we, we discussed it with the girls and uh, asked them what that entailed. I pretended I did not understand what, what the implications are. And these girls were laughing that, you know, if he wins this contest, all the girls will be going for him. They'll be looking for him because he will be a model of a male at school. So I asked him, is that what you want? He says, no, that's not what he wants. So I said, so what do you want to do? Uh, attract a problem for yourself by innocently participating in that? And then he said, no. All right, so I said, no, tell them, you don't want to. But I think there was a teacher who just believed he was just the right guy to win. <laughs> and uh, when they kept on persuading, I said, well, if they don't understand, ask them to call me. So uh, the lady teacher was bold enough to call me. So I said to him, no, we, we wouldn't want him to participate. We have different values as a family. And I think she was very passionate, I suppose with best intentions. And I said no. And then of course as she was trying to explain because she thought maybe she would not explain enough, I didn't understand. And then I said to her, ma'am, tell me, who is helping who? Are you helping me to raise this child or am I helping you? She says, no, she's helping me. I said, so if you are helping me, I'm determining the agenda and I'm saying, we as a family, I don't want my children to participate in that. And uh, she graciously pulled back. And I'm just saying, let's be very intentional about what we're doing. The friends your children is exposed to, and I'm sure you'll hear the little children, the language they use. You become shocked uh, when your child use such a vulgar word and you can guess where the, your child got that from and you will need to determine what are you going to do about it do you keep on saying no 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 my child not in this house not in this house you may want to even go further if, if that doesn't help you may want to separate your child and that's why it's important that we know who are the friends of our children invite them so that you understand where they come from, um, and how strong. If they are stronger than your child, you may want to pull your child off. But if your child can influence them, the better. Here's another one, entertainment. 
Um, and this does a lot of parenting for many of you. One of the things I have tried, we have tried our best to do, is to try and get our children off television. And uh, I, I have my controversial views that television doesn't produce smart people. I'm saying it's controversial. You may disagree with me. I don't think it produces smart people. Because you become a passive listener, even the trash is thrown at you, you can't object, except by just standing or switching off. And how many people do that? You watch the news, or sports is a good thing. In between, a few other things are thrown at you. You're saying, I'm waiting for the next uh, episode. But in between, some rubbish is being thrown at you. So one of the things I've tried um, all the time as a father was to try and get my children off TV. Now, the difficulty would have been saying to them, saying to them switch off. If you do that, they just wait for you to go out and then they switch off. And you'll even know when you come in sometimes, uh, unexpectedly you come in, they just switch off and you find them all sitting. They don't even know how to change to another subject. And you'll be surprised. Can people just sit like this, quiet, nothing, no discussion? You know they just switched off the TV. One of the things I did uh, continually, I, I used to ask them, by the way, when are you writing the TV exam? <laughs> and they say, no, what do you mean? I said, no, because you spend a lot of time watching this thing. I thought you have registered some subject called TV. <laughs> Sometimes I ask them, how far are you with the kissing course? <laughs> oh, what do you mean? I said, no, because you keep watching people who are kissing, I thought you are trying to learn how to kiss. You are trying to learn how to steal other people's husbands because that's what you see most of the time. And continually, as you do that, uh, it works on their minds. And uh, I'm glad we came to a point where, and, and I know even now, my children are not controlled by TV. But it takes a lot of work again and again and again and again to discourage them. I asked them at some point, these guys who are kissing, do you think they are kissing their spouses? They said, no. I said, okay, if they are not kissing their spouses, what do you think happens when they finally have to go and kiss their spouses? Will they not be tired? Will they not be bored? Because I say, if you are working in a restaurant where they are making chips, and then you come home and say, children, what is the menu tonight? They say, Mama, chips. <laughs> I mean, you have been smelling chips the whole day. And then you come home and they say, we are eating chips. So I said, what do you think happens? They've been kissing other people's spouses under the watch of a, a camera. And, and, and remember by the time you tell your children, by the time they take this one kiss to show on TV, there are other nine kisses they thrown away. They say, no, no, you didn't kiss well. Please do it again. No, don't kiss this way. By the time they get the one they want, they've thrown away another nine. Let 
children know this truth. And then when you finally come and find your own wife, who doesn't kiss for a camera? She just, she just kiss because she loves you. You think she will kiss as, as good as that one that we see on TV? No. And anyway, you, you will be bored by that time. Even if you say, no, let's do it again the second time. Because she doesn't know why you want the second kiss. She will just not perform like that one. And we must tell our children, these are exaggerations. In real life, you don't find that kind of kissing. In real life, you don't can't, uh, hear this kind of sounds that people make in, in their sexual activities. Those things are exaggerated. And anyway, show them. How many of those guys who, are, who you see, whose marriages have been broken, who have been divorced four or five times, because they think they are mothers. Tell them the truth. Do you know how many times this guy has divorced? And, and when they know that, they don't want to follow that person. Because they don't know the reality. All right. The community, the church, all of this, and there are many others. They are the environment in your child in which your child is growing. You will need to determine what are they providing, what influence are these uh, particular components of the environment contributing to your child's uh, growth. Number three, what are you training your child on? The child's training must, have, must focus on the values. And this is what is happening. There are guys who are, who are good in maths, who are good in figures, but when they don't have values, they will use that intelligence to cheat everybody. So it's important that the training must have values, and it must focus on values. So what is important, we must, the important question we must ask what values are being promoted in the heart of this child. And you will need to train your child to believe and in respect in another, in higher authority. And that's the problem we have today. In this country, we have succeeded to promote rebellion. And our children hear it as we undermine the leaders, as we undermine teachers, as we undermine various authorities. So children know it's a way of life, and they're going to have to do it at home also. They will also have to undermine the parent when she's not there, or you're not there when they are with their children, because they hear us undermining authority. And these are the things that we're going to have to correct as Christians. It's just a tendency these days. When I mean, you remember uh, the guys who were insulting President Zuma. It doesn't matter how wrong. We shouldn't allow our children to do that and then we just keep quiet. They're going to do it with you. We need to train our child, children to be God conscious. They must know, confide in prayer and in the word of God. The God of the Bible, your children must know he's in charge of this world 
he determined the ultimate of every man. And if you're not, if he's not happy with you, you're not going to succeed ultimately. They need to know that. We need to teach them also to value and respect other human beings. And one of those is this habitual use of these words. Your children must learn to say, please, thank you, I'm sorry. I am trying to emphasize that continually in the church. Your children must learn to say, please, thank you, I'm sorry. Because one boy was looking for ice cream said, Mama, please, thank you, I'm sorry, can I have ice cream? <laughs> and she was just, he was basically saying, Mama will choose which is the right one. I've complied. But, and I've said to, to young people, the reason why we dismiss people at work is purely because many people have not learned that. When they are wrong, they have not learned to say I'm sorry and they wait until we take them to a disciplinary hearing and then we dismiss them. The reason, and I tell young people why some marriages are dissolved by divorce is because people have not learned that. They don't use that. Now we must teach our children, but we must do it ourselves. Learn. They must hear Papa saying, I'm sorry to Mama or to another child. It's very important. We need to teach and train our children to read the Bible. We must teach them to pray, to participate in devotions. And I, I've said to my children, I can't understand a person called a doctor who can't even pray, can't even pray. Because I know they respect a doctor or an accountant or whatever, but I take it to another extreme. I say, can you imagine a person who can count so many millions, but he can't say the Lord's Prayer? Because otherwise they end up growing. This person who can count millions, he's smarter than God. No, I show them he's dumb. He's a dumb professor who can't speak to his maker. I mean, you're like a person who is a very learned and he can't speak to his own mother in his own language. You know, these are the contradictions we must raise before our children. Otherwise, when they go out there, they think these guys are smarter than God. We must educate them. It's good to attend church regularly dealing with a case, a couple that they probably unless God helped them they have separated because the man who claims to be a Christian says I don't have to go to church he says I don't have to go to church and this girl says no, you misled me I married you because I met you in church I believed you were a church person if you told me you are not a church person I would not have married you And this guy is, is adamant. He says, no. Do you, are you suggesting salvation and church is one thing? Yes and no. But this one thing we must uh, encourage our children very early that it is 
absolutely essential because church is a spiritual community. They need to be part of that community. We are being made by the community in which we live. Church is our environment and it's a healthy environment, more healthy than the place where I spent my eight hours and five days. Our children must know that. They must just not think a church is a place where we must just go. And that's why we must make church very interesting. We must make people who come to church feel they are smart. They, they must learn English year grammar. They must learn maths. They must learn all of the things. I mean, the book of Numbers is all about numbers. Did you know that people who went to Egypt, 70, they came back 605,000 607,500 okay and that was the beginning of numbers when they counted the first census they took when they came out of Egypt 40 years down the line the next census just before they entered the promised land 600,000 607,000 and 380 about 1,800 less but even more interesting is that Although the number seems the same, but the heads were completely different. It's not the same 607,000 who came out of Egypt who were going to enter. The number was the same, God has kept the promise, but the individuals are different. And what does that suggest? It suggests God will always keep his promise, but the condition of participating in his promises is for individuals. Okay? That's the rest of the Bible. I'm just saying, we, 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 people must not think we're dumb because we, we attend church and read the Bible. But that's what we must show our children because they will be deceived by some uh, unbelieving maths teacher who wants to make them think we who are going to church are dumb. No. We're not here because we're bored. We're not here because we can't do anything. We have many other things. And I said people were asking me to come to their meetings. Some community was asking me to come to their water meeting on Sunday. I said, you, I am very busy. I already have an appointment on Sunday. And then they suggested another Sunday. I said, no, for the rest of the year, I'm, I'm already <laughs> I have meetings on Sunday that are booked. So... I said to them, no, Sunday is not a possibility. And of course they asked me if I could send one of the officials. I said, I will just ask them. I can't force them. I can't give them an instruction. Because people think we have nothing to do on Sunday. I tell them, no, I'm very busy. I have appointments. And I've been trying, when I work for government, I've been trying to help my ministers understand that. I have appointments on Sunday, please. I'm willing to work even in the night rather than come on Sunday. And these are value issues. People must know, you're not, you are not free on Sunday. You are busy. We must also teach our children that they must work for everything. And somebody says, the only place where play comes before work is in the dictionary. <laughs> Everywhere else, Work first, play later. 
And we must encourage them to value the truth. This is the one thing we must teach. That the truth will prevail ultimately. So they must seek it, they must find it, they must keep it. Once they have the truth, keep it. And every time they must try and look out for the truth. Is this true? Is it love? I don't know if they run out of battery. Right, they are there. Number four, and this is a security issue, the ultimate security. It is God who can change and keep the child in the right and safe way. We, we can create an environment, but whether we are reaching the heart, we don't know. Only God knows. And that's why when you've done all you can do as a parent, just commit everything to God. Help, ask Him to help you. So it's important to believe what God says about you and about your children. It's important to know. When you know it, believe it. Also, it's important to believe and seek God's purpose and plan for your children. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I know the plans I have for you says the Lord. Plans to do you good, not to harm you. That is important. You need to be, be develop a God-fearing attitude in your family. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, Psalm 128. It's important also to pray for your children. A prayer we have prayed in our family, Psalm 144, verse number 12. May our sons be like trees that have been planted in their youth. Our daughters be like stones that have been polished to decorate the palace. And that's what we've been asking God to do. And we believe God has answered that prayer. But let's pray. Abraham prayed for Ishmael. And that's where some of our problems are coming from. He said to God, I know you have a, a, a promise for Isaac. But he said, can Ishmael please always be before you? Let him never be out of sight. And although God confirmed his promise will remain with Israel, but he said he will make Ishmael a great nation. And you know where our problems come from today. You have three major religions, religions that are linked to Abraham. And they are at conflict with each other. It's a Judaism. It's the Arabs with their Muslim religion. And it's us. Now the Arabs are coming from Ishmael. And you know they are a very big nation. And they are very hostile to Christianity. But it is because of the Father's prayer. So you can see how powerful your prayers can be. So many years now, it's what, 4,000 years now, children to the word of God. David says to Solomon, when David was about to die, he says, my son, be strong, keep God's ways, keep his weight, so that God will fulfill what he has promised me. He says, God said to me, if your sons... Keep my weight and do it. 
you shall never lack a man on the throne of Israel if your children keep the weight. So if we bring up our children to know the word of God and keep it, they will always be in charge. And that's what I believe will happen to my children. And I, that's what I believe it can happen to your children. Whether you are a single parent, if you encourage your children just to take the word of God as is, your children will always be in charge. Everywhere. Number five, it's important to develop a godly environment. The hope is the first place where your children will be exposed to God and therefore meet Him or they miss Him. Now, it's our choice. Do we want our children to first miss, miss God in our own homes? You're, you're, you're actually quietly cursing your children. Or will they hear God for the first time there? So it's important that we expose our children to God. The pictures in our homes are very important and I want you to know there are no innocent pictures. Okay? Pictures are not innocent. Virtually there are no innocent things. Even clothes are not, labels are not innocent. I hope you know that. You may be innocent in the labels you're wearing, but the designers are not innocent, and the labels are not innocent. So, determine what pictures will hang in your home, and why they do. Not just that they are nice. What message are they conveying? What do you want people to read? This is what your children are going to read for the 17 years they will be with you. You want them just to read nothing? No. Be very deliberate. The music you play in your house, it works on the subconscious mind. Because uh, we're told the subconscious mind never sleeps. Even when you are listening unattentively, the subconscious mind will pick up and will produce those things much later. You'd be surprised that you sing a music that you don't even know where you heard it from. So, if you can expose your children to the right music, and that's why, guys, we must be very deliberate. Don't allow your children to listen to things that you don't want for them to live out. Children are very important. And I have determined in my life and in the church where I pastor, nobody laughs at children. You don't laugh. If children do a memory verse and they miss it, nobody laughs in my church. No. I don't allow it. And I'm not apologetic about it because I am bringing up... The reason why some people are even afraid to testify, Professor, is because somebody very early laughed at them and made them feel like they're fools. And they become so shy.